Welcome to the Together for Good podcast, a podcast specifically designed to inspire, challenge, and uplift you during your daily walk of faith. Friends, we have come to the end of our Advent journey, and our hearts and minds are turned towards the celebration of Christmas, of God's great incarnation in the little baby Jesus. And so, as we come to this point, uh, today's episode is something we haven't done in a long time. This is a Bible study. I'm looking at John chapter 8, verses 31 through 38, and I'm looking at this theme of the hopes and fears of all the years. I'll talk more about that in the recorded um, portion, the Bible study part. Um, But yes, this is just another offering, another way for us to kind of think and engage this theme. As always, thanks for your continued support of this podcast, for sharing it with family and friends. Uh, What a great way for us to be together even when we are apart or separated by distance. I'm so grateful for the Bethany Podcast community, for all of you for listening all year long. Um, Continue, yeah, just to share it with friends. We really appreciate it. But now, friends, a Bible study to close out this whole Advent journey of hope. This is looking at John chapter 8, the hopes and fears of all the years. Okay, everyone, we have been on this journey throughout the Advent season of thinking about hope in different locations. And now as we make our way into the celebration of Christmas, our focus turns to a phrase that maybe you've heard before. Um, The theme for our Christmas service here at Bethany this year is the hopes and fears of all the years. If that sounds familiar, it's because it is the end of the first verse of O Little Town of Bethlehem. Do you want me to sing it? Oh, gosh. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And it's such a powerful phrase. What an incredible reminder that all of our hope, as well as all of our fear, is met, is found, is held by Jesus who's born on this night of Christmas. And so I'm going to be taking you through a Bible study that deals with hopes and deals with fears. And just as a way for us to kind of process this entire theme, this whole journey that we've been on, but to do so not with the Christmas story. I don't want to steal Pastor Gary's thunder or intern Rita. People are preaching on Christmas Eve. Uh, They'll be talking to you about hopes and fears of all the years and how that links up with the Luke chapter 2 gospel of Christ being born in a manger and angels we have heard on high and shepherds in the fields. And so I want to just shift and do something completely different. We also haven't done one of these Bible study episodes in a really long time. So I thought it might be a nice change of pace uh, as we've gone through and interviewed so many of the Bethany staff people in different ways. I hope you enjoy that. And there will be probably some other exciting new series for the podcast as we head into 2023. But, But as for today, a Bible study on John chapter 8 verses 31 through 38. As we always like to do when we do Bible studies, I'm just going to read this one verse at a time. Then Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Jesus in John's gospel says a lot of things like this that that seem cryptic and definitely complicated, but just to look at some of the details that are here in this first verse, Jesus is talking to a group of Jews who believe in him. Now, now that makes perfectly good sense. Uh, Jesus was a Jew himself, Jewish rabbi, a Jewish teacher, and so there were Jews who believed in him, who, who thought that he was someone that they could follow, that they could listen to. 
And Jesus is kind of encouraging them, telling them that if they continue in his word, throughout John's gospel, the word of Jesus is really important and emphasized. John's gospel is, of course, the one that that begins with uh, the word was God and the word was with God and the word came, became flesh and lived among us. And so that's John's prologue that he writes in John chapter one. And so the word of Jesus is always very important and emphasized because in, in a lot of ways, Jesus is the word of God. That's the point that John's trying to make. Um, just to think about this theologically for us, John, what, what John's gospel communicates, what the theology behind it is this beautiful idea that Jesus is, yes, God incarnate. And, and specifically, Jesus is the word of God made flesh. And so anywhere else within the scriptures where we see or hear God talking, that also is the same essence of God that becomes flesh in Jesus, right? So that though the Jesus, you know, the word of God has spoken through the prophets. When the prophets speak words of prophecy and, you know, communicate the words of God to God's people, that in a way is the same essence of God that gets expressed and made manifest in Jesus Christ. So it's complicated. It's hard to wrap our minds around, but um, I really do think there's something beautiful and powerful that helps kind of tie the whole of scripture together for us with this theological idea. And so anyways, Jesus is saying, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So it's tied up in, in truth as well. Again, kind of saying to these Jews who have been believers in God, in Yahweh for you know, their whole lives, one would assume. And Jesus is just trying to connect them to that. Yes, he, Jesus, and his words are connected and they are one and they are the truth of God that has been present in creation since the very, very beginning. Whew! That's just a couple of verses there. Let's move on to verse 33. The Jews answered him and they said, we are descendants of Abraham. And have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Uh, so here we get a very interesting little detail from that group of Jews. They're saying to Jesus, hey, like we're descendants of Abraham. We've always been entrenched within the truth. We've always been free. But here's what's fascinating about that. No, they haven't. The Jewish people, as we know, a, a core element of their story is their enslavement in Egypt. The descendants of Abraham were slaves in Egypt for over 400 years. And so they were not always free. The statement by the Jews here is completely false and, and is completely missing a, a very core aspect of their identity. What an interesting piece for them. And this is where we get into maybe some sense of fear amongst the Jews. They're worried in some sense, it seems, of missing out or, or feeling like, you know, Jesus is is condemning them. Maybe not, maybe condemning is too strong, but that Jesus is undermining them, you know, saying like, you need to continue in my word and that will give you truth, which will set you free. And they're like, oh, we don't, what are you talking about? We're, we're already free. It's that type of self-denial. I think that often stems from personal fear. I think this is pretty common uh, amongst people even still today. It was common back then and it's common now where when we're afraid, when we're feeling less than, when we have peaked anxiety or worry or doubt, any of that fear, I think, can often cause us to then shift into 
denial, missing core elements of our identity, missing core aspects of the truth that God has given to us. When we're afraid, that's when we act out. That's when we try to protect ourselves. I mean, from a biological perspective, they'll tell you that when an individual is met with something that terrifies them, um, you can either f- right the flight or fight response. The other is also freeze. Um, so when we're fearful, maybe we'll fight it. Which seems kind of like what the Jews are doing here. They're they're feeling a little insecure, and so they fight it. And, and in that fighting, they're completely missing this core piece of their own identity. They're in complete denial about who they actually are. Do you do the same thing sometimes? And I know I do. Or when I feel challenged or when I feel undermined or when I feel like I need to defend myself, I can, you know, fight back. And in my fighting back, I'll completely make a fool of myself, forgetting a core part of my identity, um, not treating people with the kindness that I want to treat them with. You get the idea. Fear has some real interesting ways of changing us. Let's move along. Verse 37. Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. Let's just go over all that. How um, clever of Jesus to use slavery language in his response. He doesn't come out and say to the Jews, like, hey, don't you remember that you were slaves in Egypt? But he uses language of being a slave to sin. And sinfulness, as we've talked about before on the podcast, when we're sinful, that means that we um, have cut ourselves off from God in some way. We've turned our backs on the grace that God is trying to extend to us. We've not lived as in the way that God's children are called to live. And so it's any sort of behavior, any sort of action that cuts us off from our identity, Honestly, right? God has already said who you are and whose you are. God has given each of us a beloved identity. We are children of God. And yet, when we forget about that, when we don't act in the way that God's children will act, that's our sinfulness. That's where we're forgetting whose we are and who we are. And that's part of what Jesus is responding to here with this group of Jews. He, he doesn't say it directly, but calling them slaves to sin points out that they've forgotten their identity as slaves once in Egypt, but more to the point, they've forgotten their identity as children of God as well. There's a, there's a sinfulness to this. But Jesus, as we, as we heard, talks about how slaves do not have permanent places in the household. The son has a place forever. And so if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. That's simply following Jesus's word, following Jesus's way not falling victim to the way that fear pulls us off track. That just leads us down a path of sinfulness. But when we can manage our fearfulness and still trust and have faith in the words of God, all of that's how it fits together. That's where our permanent place can be established. That's where we can live from. That's where we can have confidence and security and overcome the fears that we face. Isn't it cool how all of this kind of fits together? It's such a beautiful passage because there's so many subtle layers going on below the surface that all really link up very, very well. Let's keep going. Jesus says, I know that you are descendants of Abraham, yet you look for an opportunity to kill me because there is no place in you for my word. 
I declare what I have seen in the Father's presence. As for you, you should do what you have heard from the Father. Again, you, you can start to see how all these things kind of link. You should do what you've heard from the Father. The word of God, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and that is Jesus Christ. Christ's words are the word of God, which has been present in history since the beginning of time. And Jesus is pointing all this out. I declare to you what I've seen in my Father's presence. You should do what you've heard from the Father. You should be reminded of the ways that God led you out of slavery in Egypt to freedom. Um, Jesus is, you know, again, talking about the descendants of Abraham, acknowledging these Jews' important place as children of God. The descendants of Abraham are the original chosen people, the ones that God established so long ago. So Jesus is acknowledging that, and yet he's pointing out this cognitive dissonance. You're, you're followers of Abraham. You've been listening to the word of God um, for thousands of years. This is part of your identity. And yet you're looking for an opportunity to kill me. You've not been able to trust that I am the word of God made flesh, Jesus says. You've not been able to trust that my words are ones that you can live by because they are inherently connected to this descendants of Abraham peace that you insist on bringing up. So it's just such a short passage that links so many pieces. And, and we've heard about how this whole fear element kind of links in here and is a part of what's going on. But let's also talk about the hope piece. And so what Jesus is hoping for is that these individuals will simply continue to listen to God's word, that they'll recognize that the word of God that first came to descendant, that first came to Abraham is continuing through Jesus's words. But for these Jewish people who are talking with Jesus, they have their own hopes that are kind of tied up in this moment. They're hoping for a Messiah. They're hoping for someone to come and reestablish Israel, to, to overthrow the Roman oppressors uh, so that they can live in abundance once again as God's people with an established homeland, a sacred place where they can worship in the temple. That's what they're hoping for. That's why they're looking for a Messiah. And that's where these things get conflicted and, and, and tied up. Our hopes often have a very specific nature to them. They're often very narrow. And so we have certain hopes, things that we ourselves are hoping for. But this passage kind of reminds us that that can sometimes pull us astray. If we get too narrowly focused on a specific hope, a specific prayer, and it's like, nope, it has to be this way, well, then that can really pull us off course sometimes. The Jews are so focused on their hope that they haven't yet been able to connect the fact that Jesus is the word of God, that the words that Jesus say are the same words that were first given to the descendants of Abraham. They think that this isn't the truth. They think that, you know, there's something else going on because Jesus is not this great military leader that they were hoping for. And, and see, that was very much the mindset in those days, is that there would be a Messiah, a great military leader who would come and overthrow the Romans and establish Israel. And that's not what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus, how Jesus went about things. And yet, I would say that what Jesus did was so much better in being God present with us, right? The word of God made flesh. This declares once and for all just the sacredness of our human existence. The fact that God would willingly enter a human body completely changes the game. 
And it's God once again declaring what has been made good. It's God reiterating that message and not just telling us this, but showing us. And it also communicates just that God longs to be close to us, to to understand what we're going through and to be with us. All of this is something we could hope for, uh, but it was not necessarily how a lot of Jews at that time were thinking. It's not what they were necessarily hoping for. And so, anyways, this passage is just so fascinating in the ways that, as you're seeing, right, the hopes and the fears are all tied up. But it all brings us back to that line from that beautiful Christmas carol, O Little Town of Bethlehem. The hopes and the fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. When God became incarnate and was born as a tiny, vulnerable baby to unwed parents in a stable and laid in an animal's feeding trough, that somehow is able to encompass any of our hopes or fears that we might be carrying. Are you hoping that God's going to show up in a specific way? Well, then Christmas says, yeah, God has shown up in the most vulnerable and humble of ways to be with us, to be a loving, compassionate companion in our earthly journey. Are you afraid? Or is your fear causing you to act out and to be not living as you're, who you are called to be? As we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, fear has a real tendency to lead us astray. But what is it to say that God became human in order to help us overcome our fears, right? God is trying to help show us our child of God's self, the way we were meant to live. That's so much of what Jesus's ministry is about, is revealing to us the way we were meant to live. Because fear can pull us away from that. Hope can pull us away from that as well if we let it get out of control, if we get so narrowly focused on a specific hope. So yeah, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in Jesus Christ, who was the word made flesh, who is God with us, Emmanuel, who is the one who came to show us how to be truly human, to to live as children of God every day. So friends, a very Merry Christmas to you. I hope that this message can uh, rest upon your hearts and fill you with hope or can dispel some of your fear. Above all, as we step into 2023, I pray that all of us would find a way to live more as our true authentic selves, those beloved children of God, this person that God created you to be. Live from that space and don't allow your fears, your hopes, don't allow any of that to pull you off course, but live as God created you to. Stay in peace, everyone.